Hello one and all, my name is Tom, and I'll be your DM for this Real Play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Dice Company, where a group of friends desperately try to survive in a harsh, unforgiving world. I'll hand you over to Alex, Charlie, Dave and Harry in a moment, and you can hear our chapter one from Tuesday, August 22nd, wherever you get your podcasts. For those unaware, Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D, is a form of collective improvised storytelling, with dice rolls determining outcomes. Want to punch something? Roll a dice. Want to check if someone is lying? Roll the dice. Want to leap from one building top to another, imitating a salmon while you do so? Roll a few dice. It may seem a little complicated at first, and some players still don't understand the rules after months of playing, like half the players on this podcast. But for non-buffoons, you'll pick it up in no time. In this Chapter Zero episode, I wanted to explain a little about the world that this story is taking place in, Alestia. More specifically, the continent of Athlon where, 12 years ago, one of the largest wars in recorded history was fought, and the bad guys won. Alex, Charlie, Dave and Harry will start their campaign in this grim post-war setting, where medieval high fantasy is giving way to a new era. Airships, automatons and steam runners will play their part in an empire ruled by an authoritarian, dictatorial power, where the team's decision could be the difference between life and death. The start of chapter one has a bit more detail about the world, but for now, I'm going to pass over to the guys to introduce their characters, right after we play our intro music, made by Mikola Sozin. Hit it. Welcome, one and all. This is the Dice Company Podcast. Let's meet our party. Augustus Zeno, born to be better than most, a human paladin raised into wealth and privilege in Denothlia, a thick moustache and a high-class top hat, six foot two of muscle and entitlement, an expert polo player, respected member of the elite from the lands to the west, Augustus is exploring the lands of Athlon looking for adventure and answers. Evander Finnick is a broken-bodied but keen-minded human mage from Athlon. A master planner with contacts all over the continent, he's never been asked a question he can't answer with a question. Sadly, Vander's entire life was turned upside down after a few years of brutal torture, which has left him a shell of his former self. Tok is an imposing six-foot-eight automaton artificer. Many armor plates are damaged or missing, exposing dark fibrous wood underneath. Tok has a keen interest in the natural world. His knowledge and ability with artificing, herbalism, alchemy, and the arcane is only matched by his ignorance of the humans' society, their rules, and their colloquialisms. Whilst other automatons were stripped of their sentience after the war, he was raised in secret by his creator, Tick. Now that Tick has been damaged in an attack, Tok seeks repairs. Beniquez, human, rogue. Raised in an orphanage in a northern industrial city, he fell into a life of begging and petty, and occasionally not so petty, crime from a young age. Quick of hand and quicker of wit, he's fleeing a past he barely understands, and is looking for enough money to live a quiet, peaceful life. 
Um, would you lovely folks like to talk a little bit more about your characters? Um, Harry, do you want to talk about Tok, a little bit about his character build? He's, I think, the most intelligent member of the party. Getting that in, a little dig in at the rest of the thickos that he's... What was the, what was the number for intelligence there? <coughs> 20. Ooh. Yeah, he rolled quite well at the beginning. I can't count that high. <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience of... Dungeons and Dragons. I've got like a moderate amount of experience with D&D. I've played in three or four campaigns, but I've played a bunch of other RPGs going back for like over a decade. I've GM'd a little bit, but never D&D. I think it's fair to say that you're the most experienced player in this game. And the most intelligent, yeah. Fair to say. I mean, there's no response from any of your uh, party mates, so I guess it must be We got, we got nothing. They've <laughs> muted themselves. <laughs> yeah, he, he is the most intelligent. We just can't respond to it. It's just... They're frightening. We don't, we don't even have the wit to come back. <laughs> have you ever played a automaton slash warforged before? Not strictly speaking, no. I've played a, a modron before in one campaign, but that was some homebrew stuff from a crazy GM. It ended with everyone dying. Not in a shop. Interesting you should bring that up. What's the relevance of people dying in a shop? No relevance at all. They're dangerous places. I mean, anything could happen, really. You know, it's buyer beware, isn't it? Um, a little note to the audience. This group have actually played a small campaign together before, which lasted approximately 13 weeks and ended rather ignominiously with them all... Not all. Almost all of them dying <laughs> during a shopping adventure. I mean, you make it sound worse than it was. I think my character was possessed and then eaten by some sort of fire demon, which is not the kind of thing you necessarily expect to happen in an ordinary branch of Primark, is it? Let's be honest. A pretty dangerous shopping environment. Uh, also, I quite about that. I don't think you even drew any any cards, did you? I think I was forced to draw one somehow. It's a card from like a deck of cards that kill you, basically. I'm sure that the D and D massive out there are all over this. <laughs> didn't you pick them up because you're an idiot and you didn't actually intend to draw one? Yes, that's right. My character was an idiot. That's, that's what you. I meant exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for making that crystal clear to us. <laughs> well, my wizard ended up as an idiot, but uh... <laughs> that was my that was my favourite part. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Your wizard had all his intelligence ripped out of him. Well, that was it. Getting sucked into the void and desperately reaching out to grab a card, only to find that it halved your intelligence. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I bravely ran away. Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about Benny and your inspiration for him? Uh, well, Benny, as I say, is a human rogue. So when I did the build, obviously, I've got a high dexterity score, so he can do classic roguelike behaviours. But I also wanted him to be kind of like a, a smart and keen on learning. So I put quite a lot of stats into his intelligence as well. His strength is absolutely awful, so he can never get into direct fights. But yeah, I want him to be kind of like a clever, keen-minded rogue character. And how do you think he's going to work with characters like Vander and Augustus? Well, he's also got a massive chip on his shoulder, so I imagine he will argue with them constantly. Well, let's let's find out a little bit more about Vander. Charlie, why don't you tell us about Vander, his inspiration, what you hope to gain from playing him? Uh, so Vander is actually based loosely on a character from a book I really like. Is the book The Very Hungry Caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, so he doesn't play the caterpillar, though. That's the favorite <laughs> <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah, he plays a peach. Um, no, so Vander was... Um, uh, the, the big thing about Vander is that he has been horribly tortured uh, and that is very much reflected in his stats. So he's got eight for strength, which somehow, and again, I don't fully understand D&D, &D, somehow translates as minus one. 
So he's got that. And he's also got minus one for constitution. A very broken bodied individual. He is, um, but he is essentially a wizard and he's got 20. This is another thing I don't understand. He's got 20 for wisdom. So he's smart, um, but he's got 17 for intelligence. So somehow Top is smarter than him. And Benny. Have I just commi- have I just committed a have I just committed a D and D faux pas by not understanding the difference between the two? Uh, well, well, wisdom obviously and intelligence are two separate things. Yes, I think you've just you've just exposed some of Dom's home brewery. Oh, uh, it's important here to note that because Charlie does not like to build characters like normal people, he he <laughs> insists on coming up with a character and then we have to squeeze it into a class wherever possible. So I've had to homebrew a modified wizard in order to create a Vander which fit all of his unnecessary demands. I mean, completely reasonable demands. Let this fool anyone. I'm very good at this. I know all of the moves. I've got auto-aim enabled. This My character build is superb. It is. So he's a, he's a wisdom caster rather than an intelligence caster, which is why his wisdom is so high. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably as clear from that. I'm more into the character side. So Vander's going to be interesting from that perspective. I suspect he is. Alex, what do you tell us about Augustus? I wish I could. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Augustus is a human paladin, I believe, and he has some stats. He's very charismatic and pretty intelligent. He doesn't have much dexterity at all, which I'm a bit worried about. So, yeah, he's a kind of strong, sword-fighting, sometimes brash, sometimes rather brittle and shy nobleman. So he's able to sort of back up his words with a bit of physical force at times, but there are definitely weaknesses both in his kind of character, in the normal sense of that word, and also in his character as built in the game. Is it fair to say that you're relatively new to the game? I mean, probably I just gave that away with that fumbling shambles of an answer to the previous question. But Listen, I don't want to turn this into like a D&D turns into top trumps, but um, I don't want to brag either, but I've got animal handling at five. We're getting into the brags, uh, and it, as as I've mentioned before, I did did play Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay when I was twelve. So you know, there we go, <laughs> and that game is still going on. <laughs> My character uh, Lister the Elf. We were very into. Lister the elf. <laughs> yeah. as in Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it <laughs> so much. Our DM likes to hand out XP like he was confetti so became enormously powerful in a very short space of time to the point where there was no point playing anymore (laughs) don't worry I am not keen on giving out experience or level ups so you are going to be grinding it out on your leather asses for weeks and weeks what a relief Uh, I don't know about that because I've got insight of seven which presumably means I can essentially see the future so what are you going to do about that DM change the future when we get there Rocks fall, Vander dies. I'll do what all DMs do, which is just fudge all the information until I get what I want. (laughs) Drop a boulder on you like Piggy. (laughs) I will, of course, completely strictly adhere to any dice rolls. A nice classical reference to Lord of the Flies. Oh, Oh, good. Classical references, that is sure to win people over. Quoting books people hated at school. Well, that and spreadsheet. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, we can't. We can't do that. Yeah, no more, no more talk of classics or spreadsheets in any future episodes, please. A little insight on what's to come in the weeks ahead. Um, but that's it for now for Chapter Zero. Hopefully you enjoyed this little bit of background into the players and their characters. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to Chapter One, which is out August 22nd, where you can see just how chaotic and vicious these guys can be. 
Thanks for listening. May all your rolls be twenties and all your bonkers plans succeed critically. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company. Augustus Zeno. I'm reading the, the script here, right? The Correct. Augustus Zeno. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I'm never ever writing a script again. I hate you all. <laughs> bracket and oh. bracket. I am Al Brackets and Bracket close quote. <laughs> I had some bad editors. <laughs> you what though? You should put this in the in the episode because it proves that if there was a script, we certainly could manage it. Exactly. Also, I think um, his proper name is Dommy's Little Script, not not this script. <laughs> My little um, script. Well, now I'm going to say the word incorrect. <laughs> pub, pub, no, no way. <laughs> Oh, this is a great start. Incorrect (laughs) punctuation whenever I reach such a thing. I can't wait to see how this podcast turns out.